The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. The crowd came together again so that Jesus and his disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and what forever, whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an internal sin, for they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I was standing over there because I thought CJ was preaching today. Are you not preaching today? Uh, this is not going to go well, so just kidding. Um, so when I was in seminary, the first time that we took New Testament class, um, it was taught by a great man, Dr. Reverend Dr. Chris Bryan, he's a Brit, still lives there in Sewanee. Funny guy. And the first day of class, uh, I think to ease tensions a little bit, he was doing sort of trivial things about the Bible, not trivia, but trivial. And he said um, at one point, is there a verse that scares you, that really, you know, that, that you're scared of? And, I, th I believe it was me who said this, but it could have been a classmate. And um, I s said this particular gospel right here and the whole bit about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says very clearly, it's an eternal sin. No one will be forgiven who commits it. And so the question then becomes, well, what is this sin? 
Um, what does that look like? Uh, you know, have I already done it? Because if I have, then I might as well just give up, you know. Um, and so there's, there's always this give and take about what that is and what that looks like. And, and I think, you know, I'm going to say something about that in a second, but I've got to walk you through some things to, to sort of get you there. We talked a few weeks ago about the Trinity <clears throat> on Trinity Sunday, and I didn't bring this point up at the time because it just didn't seem very important, but in Christian doctrine, in theology, over the last 2,000 years, there are not many points that different denominations can agree on. We all have disagreements about this, that, and the other, and then some. But on this particular piece, across the board, all Christians uh, who are uh, theologians um, and biblical scholars believe this to be true, and that is that within the Holy Trinity, you can't say something about one without it being true for the other because they're interconnected. They're all of the same substance and all are part of each other in that community of three. And so whatever you say about Jesus Christ, you have to be able to say about God the Father, you have to be able to say about Holy Spirit. Whatever you say about the Holy Spirit, you have to be able to say about God the Father and Jesus Christ. So it has to be true in all corners so that when you say Jesus Christ suffered and died for our sins, then you need to be able to say God died for us and so did the Spirit. It has to be true on all three aspects. So, with that said, um, the important piece to realize about that is that today um, Jesus has come home and he has uh, been called uh, Satan. I mean, they've just called him Satan is what they've done. And so, in essence, what they've just done is also referred to God as Satan and as Holy Spirit too. Because if you say one thing about one of them, then you're accusing all three, okay? So the accusation is there, and Jesus very moderately and modestly says, um, you know, a house can't be divided. But then he continues, and he begins to break that down for them and really to convict them in that moment of what it is that's happened because they don't understand the gravity of what they've just done. Because what they've just done is they have committed themselves to saying that we don't believe God. What they have said in that moment is, we think you are a liar. Because if you say it to Jesus Christ, you've said it to God and the Spirit, Father and the Spirit. I mean, can you imagine the gravity of what that entails and what it holds? So there are these great differences, vast, on this day where they don't understand exactly what it is that they've done. And he's very clear with them about if you do this, then God is simply uh, just fine with cutting you off and not... Uh, having any relationship with you whatsoever, if you so wish. He stops shy of telling them that that's what they've done today. And I think that's because they don't know any better. You know, forgive them for they know not what they do. But I think it's a way of saying, almost, it's a way of saying, I'm going to let it fly this time, but next time, y'all are out of here. So, 
so what do we know about the Spirit? We know that the Spirit has been prevalent throughout the uh, entire Old and New Testament since the creation. In the creation narrative, it tells us that the Spirit moved over the waters and breathed life. It tells us that in the, um, in the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the bones, um, that they, you know, the, they, the Spirit came and breathed life into those bones so that they could become human flesh again. It tells us of the Spirit's presence with Noah at that moment when the dove flies to find dry land. And so the Spirit, like Jesus, is at the beginning of all things and is present through all things. And so <clears throat> you have this Spirit that we've talked about who is the advocate. That's what they refer to him as on Pentecost Sunday, the person that comes alongside of you and helps you. Uh, the person that gives you internal advice or helps your heart to know what it is to do next and what it is that God would have you to do. So in essence, what you have to be concerned about is when the Spirit comes to you and says, I think this is what God wants you to do, or I know this is what God wants you to do. You have two choices. You don't have to accept that. And that's not, that, 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 that gets you in trouble because Lord knows we hardly ever accept it. We do exactly whatever the opposite is for which God would have us do, okay? That, well, that's what I do. I can't speak for you. So, and then the second alternative is to look at that spirit at that moment, to look at him and say, I don't believe you. You're lying. And I think at the moment that you do that, that if you're willing to commit yourself to putting God in the dock on trial and convict him in that moment of being a false God, then he is perfectly willing to separate his relationship from you. And I think that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus takes it a step further this morning, and he realizes, I think either that he's not getting the point across or he really wants to drive it home. because. In that particular society, familial relationship was everything. Um, your relationship with your mother, your father, your daughters, your sons, everybody, it was everything. It was so important. And what does he do but surrender them in front of all the Jews and say, that's not my mother and my sister, my brothers and fathers. That's my mother. That's my brother. There's my sister so on and so forth, they would have been replete with anger and indignant at that moment. What he is doing is he's telling them in that moment that they have no power whatsoever, even though we all live our lives thinking that we have power and control. That when we need it the most, that the family that we need is the family of God, the people of the world, who can come to our aid and deliver that one thing that we need that is of God and is God, which is love. It doesn't always come from your immediate family. In fact, most of the time it comes from the community that you're surrounded by here. And so for a quick recap, you have that opportunity every day of your life where the Spirit talks to you. You don't have to choose to follow it. 
It's going to make your life harder. It makes mine harder when I don't do it. You also have the moment to look out at your brothers and sisters around you here who love you dearly and say, I need your help. I need you to help me. There's a great movie, um, man, it's probably 10 or 12 years old. It's called 28 Days. It's got Sandra Bullock in it. She plays the role of an alcoholic who is arrested and sent to um, a mandated treatment. And when she gets there, she's so set on um, the fact that she wants to do it her way. And she's in control. She has the power. She will solve this. She will fix it. And about six or seven days in, the group that she's with gets so tired of it that, they, that the head of the group has her hang a sign around her neck that says, if I don't ask for help, confront me. I've heard preachers say before, wouldn't the world be better if dot, 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 which always makes my eyes roll back in my head because they're about to give me some platitude or law that I can't obviously live up to. But I do wonder sometimes if life would be ever so slightly better if we all had to wear something that said, if I don't ask for help, confront me. Today, Christ sits before you and makes you his brother, his sister, and his mother, his father, and says, I come alongside you as the advocate, and if you ask for help, I'll give it to you, and we'll do all things that you need to make you holy and blessed and loved. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.